Right, hello everyone and welcome back to Net Sticks and Chill for another episode. We've got a massively bonkers episode today that is going to be jam-packed with content. So let's jump right into it. Joining me is Gordon Goodenough and Andrew McDougall. Uh, how are you two today? Uh, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing swimmingly well. And yourself, Gordon? Yeah, I'm, I'm also quite well, thanks. Yeah, excited for another episode. Yeah, as I said straight off the top, we have a lot to talk about today. We've got uh, the Pacific Hockey League. We've got, or, well, what was the Pacific Hockey League. We have uh, the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. And we also have we also have national team stuff to talk about with the selection of the uh, under-18s uh, women's national team uh, for their World Championship next year. But we're going to start with the A-Dub. Um, I guess it, it's been, it's been a couple of weeks since uh you know because of the way the schedules worked out uh the Melbourne Ice is still undefeated uh Andrew I believe you were there uh for the first half of that two game series between the Melbourne Ice and the Adelaide Rush a couple of weeks ago um why are the Ice looking so good and so dominant they've just got an all round all round game um so they play um to use an old saying I suppose. Um, a 200 foot game um, up and down the ice um, yeah they they I suppose they get a lot of um, uh, with their offense they get a lot of praise because they can score heavy and score quickly uh, but their their defense is actually quite strong um, you got Mikhail appears in in, in goal uh, one of the, the stars um, of the league but their, their ability to to defend and on the Saturday game, um, they found themselves late in the second period where they were they were on the penalty kill and it was five on four, and then they ended up being five on three, and they're able to actually nullify that and and not give up a goal. So I think they just play an all round strong game uh, and, and they're able to withstand pressure as well. So the rush, they actually played really well. And they come out strong in the in the first period and even throughout the game, and they really pen them into their into their end, and they're able to withstand that, and then go up the other end of the ice and just find that space and find that time to to put one away. And it's it's sort of like a dagger to the the opposition where they're able to do that. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good to see like just how complete their game actually is. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, because it has as I said, it has been a couple of weeks. Um, the, the three of us obviously have a group chat together. Um, I believe you had a hot take of best player in the league. I did. It was Daniel Butler. And, and, and was, I believe Gordon had a little bit of pushback on that. Uh, there's a little, little bit of controversy there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I agree that Daniel Butler is an exceptional player, but, you know, it's we're four games in. The, the Melbourne Ice have, have played no one else except for the Adelaide Rush. So, it, um, you know, all, all due respect to the Adelaide Rush, but I'd like to see, you know, Butlow play against, um, you know, some other teams, some other defences, um, see, see what she can do. I think, you know, you've you've got um, Sarah Adney in, in, in Sydney. Um, you've, you've got some incredibly talented uh, players that have been around for a little while. So, um, yeah, but I, I agree. Butler is an exceptional player that... Um, that that is is it's good for the league to to have her in in, uh, in the league. 
and we'll get to see that uh, this weekend, the 17th and the 18th, as the Melbourne Ice host the Brisbane Lightning uh, at the O'Brien Ice House. Uh, that's a 5pm puck drop on Saturday and a 1.30pm puck drop on Sunday local time. Um, I guess... I guess it's tough because the way the schedule is, you know, as you said, the Melbourne Ice have only played the Adelaide Rush. Um, but by the time Sydney take the ice in January, they won't have played for a month and a half. Like, uh, I'm not a player, but I can't imagine that's an easy schedule to adjust to. Just just the just the variety of where everything is and not, um, you know, having so long off between games. Yeah, I mean, probably not ideal. But I, I think, um, you know, these these teams, they're training every week. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a, it's a massive uh, issue. It would be nice if, if they played every week, like, consecutive, consecutively. But, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I think it's fine um, the, the way it is. I, I, I certainly feel it's better. Uh, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, the last season that we had, the A-Dub, um, where they didn't have a stoppage and the Brisbane Lightning team had sent a bunch of players uh, at a representative level. I forget whether it was like uh, for Youth Olympics or or IIHF tournament, I, I forget. But the Lightning team was just decimated and and were blown away. And those games weren't fun to watch where it's like 12-0, you know, 13-0, 14-0. It's, it's pretty brutal. Um, so I, I don't mind this format, uh, having some stoppages. Players have personal lives. Um, they can they can mark out these kind of dates on the calendar and, and get to work. No, no, I, I understand that aspect of it. It's just more the fact, like I said, like the last time that the Sydney Sirens played was the 27th of November and they won't play again until the 8th of January. Oh, sorry, um, until the 7th of January. Like I understand Christmas, New Year's, like no one's playing over the next couple of weeks. But... You know, it's the fact like there's a whole month's worth of games or, or weekends where they conceivably could have played and they're not going to play. Like that that that's more what I was getting at. Yeah, we, we need a six team from New Zealand, don't we? Uh, I think I think, you know, having that way you can have three um you know, three matchups, uh that you know, possible matchups, you know, as a maximum over, over a weekend. So um that would be nice. I know New Zealand has expressed interest in the past and, and there were ideas about playing some exhibition games. Um, hopefully that's kind of reignited uh, in, in, in the future. I mean, that, that that would be nice to see. It's not the easiest thing in the world trying to organise a trans-Tasman um, competition and the logistical challenges. And I think the, perhaps the most recent example is probably the A-Leagues, where, you know, you had the New Zealand teams based out of Wollongong for an entire season because of travel restrictions and COVID and the like. And look, it, I'm not saying that that's going to happen again, but... I can't, like, especially for a semi-professional league at best, I can't imagine that's going to be too easy, especially with the rising cost of airfares. I oh, know. Like, we, we did have the the Trans-Tasman Champions League in the, in the AI. That was only, like, a once-off thing. That was, that was, um, that was quite popular. Like, everyone loved it, and the quality of hockey was, was really good. Uh, if it can work, it's a good idea. Um, a lot of people would get around it. I oh, know yeah, I would absolutely love to see it. Um, you know, there was supposed to be a New Zealand team coming into the uh, into the Pacific Hockey League, uh, which obviously won't happen, uh, as we'll touch on a little bit later. 
Um, now, as I mentioned, Andrew, you were at the um, you were at the Saturday uh, game between the uh, between the Adelaide um, Rush and the Melbourne Ice in Melbourne, and you caught up with Rod Johns and Jeremy McDougall, and we'll play that audio for you now. So I'm here with Rod Johns, Melbourne Ice coach uh, for the Inner Sanctum. Um, so uh, keep that winning streak going after a bit of a break. Absolutely, it was great. It's great to actually win at home. So, so um, uh, I was happy enough that uh, we managed to pull off the win. We struggled at first in the first period, though. So. And you've obviously played Adelaide before, but they made you work for it today. Well, they did, and I think they had a score to settle. So at the end of the day, uh, I told the players, well, Andrew and I both told the players that you really shouldn't take them for granted because they're going to come here and they're going to want to, nothing else, at least split the weekend. And so they gave us a run for the money in the first period, and we actually had to stay focused on what was going on. And they, they, they pinned you in your own zone for a bit, too. Uh, absolutely, without a doubt. And that was one of the things we talked about between the two periods, was that we really need to be more disciplined and control the play better and clear the zone far better than what we did. We were very lucky, actually. And a bit of, um, I suppose, it's, it's been story of the season, a bit of Danielle Butler magic, um, you know, sort of breaks the, breaks the game. See you, mate. Take care, right? Breaks the game open a little bit. Well, she's she is one all-round good player. I think you know I've talked about that before. So she can skate. She's got a great hand. She's got a good shot, and she actually can think what she's doing. So and you got to remember too today, like she wasn't playing with Christelle, so that makes a difference. And she, she had to actually adjust what was going on and play with Amelia, and Amelia had to adjust to play with her too. And I think at the start she was probably trying to do a lot of things herself without sharing the load. So after I talked to her a little bit, I thought that they actually played better as the, as the game went along. And one of the things I think that gets forgotten because people see the goals in the offense to 7-0 to 7-2, but your defense is actually really good. It's really hot. Um, there was a second period, you had a 5-on-3, 5-on-4. You're able to withstand it all. Absolutely. See you, mate. Absolutely. And I think that you're right, that, that forwards get a lot of the accolades, but you know the defense doesn't get enough. And I think our defense is pretty solid all around. So we're very fortunate that we have eight eight defensive players, and six of them are are well-established. The other two are learning. And so we're, we're, we're lucky like that. And one of the stars I think everyone should look out for in goal, Michaela Pierce. Yeah, she played very well. Again. Yeah, absolutely. And she's a good, she's a good kid. She's uh, very coachable, and Brian. We're very fortunate. We got Brian McKenzie as a goalie coach, so he's done a lot with um, with the three goalies that we have, and uh, I think they've benefited from him being around. And she certainly um, played well today. Actually, she played well in Adelaide too. So beautiful. So I'm joined here with uh, Adelaide Rush coach um, Joey McDougall. Um, still can't break that that losing streak. Yeah. Um, but he's played well out there tonight. Well, and yeah, and I think it's uh, it's not reflective of how we we've been playing. Like we have we have moments of greatness, and we you know we can we can string together a few good shifts, and we get our opportunities. But it just feels like we're not getting some of the bounces that we 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 work hard to get. But at the same time, we feel like we've we played with Melbourne for most of the game. Um, even last weekend, we felt that we did a good job against uh, Sydney. A few breakdowns, but to be able to bounce back from nine nothing and then play to a 3-1 game in, in Sydney last weekend and then come in here and be 4-1 um, after a 7-0 loss the last time we played Melbourne. I think it, we're definitely moving in the right direction. And one of the things I noticed, um, you were strong on the forecheck, so you took away a lot of their, a lot of their ice out there. Was that something of a focus given 
Melbourne's offense and what they can produce? Yeah, and that's and that's what we always want to be doing. We want to uh, we want to be taking away defense, uh, or we want to be strong defensively. Take away their offensive opportunities. You know, force it. The more you can force to the outside um, and keep away from the danger areas in the middle of the ice, the easier it is. Um, and I think for the most part in this game, we did a good job of doing that. Um, and I think if you ask any of the Melbourne players, they, they know they know that they really had to work to, to get their goals tonight. And from a team and, and club perspective, you've got a lot of young players, um, Sabulski, Gavin, um, Hula, they're really impressive. Is it is it a long-term sort of strategy with this group? Um, I mean, we've... We haven't really looked at that. We just kind of went with what we had coming out for uh, for tryouts, and we noticed that there's a lot of these junior girls who have played uh, a little bit of nationals, and they've done well in the leagues that they were playing in back in Adelaide. So we we felt that you know there was a few players on the fringe, and like where, who do we go with? Do we go with you know some younger ones and develop them and have them ready for the next season? So. I don't think we've looked at it as a as a rebuilding season, but we've given opportunities to these younger players who, uh, so far, have really, um, you know, they've done far better than we thought they were going to do this early on in the season. So we're happy with our selections, and you know, we're we're looking for them to get better every game, and so far they've been able to show that to us. And one of those young players, Madison Smith, um, I think she's been outstanding in goals given um, yeah. everything that's happened in front of us. Yeah, and I mean, um, Maddie's been been unreal, and uh, even you know, for her to to go into a game cold last weekend and then come back and play as well as she did um, on the Sunday, um, for somebody so young to be able to to bounce back like that, like it, it shows a, a lot of positives for what's to come. Uh, and I think she's she's been given a great opportunity here to to be our number one goalie, and um, she hasn't shown us any reason uh, why we should doubt her and her abilities at the moment. So hopefully she keeps it up. That was that was actually a very fascinating listen from from both those coaches. Was there anything that stood out for you, uh, Andrew, when you, when you heard it? Um, there was, in terms of the Melbourne Ice, I, I, Rod Johns is is um, pleased with their performance, but obviously he realizes there's still some improvement there if they want to go all the way and take the crown. Um, in terms of the Adelaide Rush, um, just the vibe I got from from Joey was that. Um, He's quite happy with their progress, and considering that, you know, we we're just talking about uh, how they've had, you know, some teams aren't playing for extended periods. They've actually performed really well, um, considering how young they are as well. Um, so you have players like, you know, Tori um, Sabulski. Um, you've got Alana Holub, um, who's on a blue line, and they're they're paired up like Alana's paired up with an experienced player most of the time, but. They're quite young. Um, I think some of them are 15, 16, might even be 14 years of age. Um, so yeah, he, he was, I think, I think the vibe from him is that he was, he was quite pleased with the progress and obviously they want to get their first win. It just hasn't come yet, but I don't think it's going to be too far away because they actually, they're playing some really good hockey Adelaide um, and they pushed the Melbourne Ice 4-3 on the Sunday. So that shows that they're able to back it up as well um, on a back-to-back, -back, um, especially traveling down to Melbourne. It's not always easy. Yeah, and Joey touched on that a little bit when we spoke to him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So you can go back and listen to that episode. It's an absolutely fascinating listen uh, with Joey. We touched on a range of topics. Uh, we, we touched on the A-Dub and we touched on uh, the Pacific Hockey League, uh, the celebrations for that because we had him on uh, prior to that championship series. Uh, so a fascinating listen. Go back and 
listen to that. And just a reminder that uh, for the AWIHL, as I've mentioned off the top, it's uh, it's uh, the Melbourne Ice hosting the Brisbane Lightning uh, the 17th, 18th this weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday. And you can watch those games live and exclusive to Clutch TV. So, so one, one little thing that um, uh, uh, people, friends of the pod uh, may remember that we had Courtney Mahoney on uh, as, as a guest. Uh, and Courtney Mahoney uh, was not part of the Brisbane Lightning's uh, original uh, roster, uh, the opening roster announced in, in October. Um, however, uh, according to the game sheet for this weekend, uh, she is back in Australia, back in Brisbane, and she'll be playing against the Melbourne Ice. So I think that's uh, an additional uh, little, um, uh, she'll be an X factor for sure. Um, that that team, we, we've already seen the, the Brisbane Lightning, how how well uh, they they have performed um, against the Perth Inferno and, and pushing the Sydney Sirens. So it'd be nice to see what what, um, what adding a, a player of the calibre of, of Courtney Mahoney uh, does for the team. Yeah, because we spoke to Courtney Mahoney um, and I'm trying to remember because so long ago now, she was off to Canada for development camp, wasn't she? Yeah, she she was so, but she had mentioned that she was planning on on coming back to Australia around Christmas. So perhaps she's she's only around for you know um, a, a few games. Uh, but you know if if uh, you're around and able to to get to the game, uh, it's a, it's a nice opportunity to see one of uh, the uh, superstars of Australian women's uh, ice hockey. Yeah, so that is the O'Brien Ice House on uh, said so this weekend. Um, they might also possibly have the chance to see uh, Courtney Mahoney in action the seventh and eighth of January, the other side of the New Year's break. Uh, that's uh, up in Brisbane, and that will be against the Sydney Sirens, and that's a game that's going to be absolutely jam packed with national team talent at the U eighteen uh, and senior levels. And if you can't get to the games, as I said, you can watch all the action live and exclusive on Clutch, your smart uh, your smart devices, your smart TVs, or even your trusty web browser. Just head to Clutch.tv for all of the action. Can I, can I just say, with um, Courtney returning, people need to get out and watch the A-Dub because some of these, some of these women that are coming through the system... Um, yeah, you know, Courtney's only seventeen, I think, um, and some of them are just—they're going to be here for a long time. They're going to be representing Australia at all levels, um, and just get out. I just want to say, just get out and support them because they're really talented hockey players. They like they really are, um, and to have them on our doorstep because um, a lot of them will probably go overseas as well. I would assume at some stage and and try their hand over there. So while we've got them here, um, and and they're coming through the ranks. And when you see them overseas, you can say, you know, I watched them when they were here in the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League, you know. Um, so just get out and support them is all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, we we just uh, – another piece of news this week as well is that the uh, is that the Premier Hockey Federation has doubled its salary cap to one and a half – I believe it's US dollars, uh, to one and a half million US dollars. Um, I'm just saying that there might be a little bit of money for some teams to take a chance on an Australian or two now, so – We've certainly got certainly got some uh, some fantastic talents here in Australia. They might not be playing um, as high up as you would hope at a senior level uh, because of the restrictions of Australian ice hockey and just where they play um, where they play 
in relation to the divisions of the World Championships, but there's certainly some talent there that could come in for a couple of games or two, maybe on some tryouts, you know, give a chance to impress. So yeah, I can only imagine that that salary cap's going to get uh, going to get higher and higher um, by the time you know a, a player like Courtney Mahoney is going to be ready to play at that level. So yeah, there's plenty of chances for Australians in the future. So definitely get down to games, watch it on Clutch TV. However, you can consume it, watch it, because these players aren't going to be here forever uh, before they start ripping it up on the world stage. Transition now um, to a little bit of an unfortunate topic. It's the demise of the Pacific Hockey League, uh, the one-season wonder. I guess this news kind of came out of nowhere this week, didn't it? Well, well, it, it, it came... It was announced at a at a you know really interesting, or you know a weird time I guess. But I, I think there was certainly rumblings that that everything was was not going um, uh, as perfectly as as you know was perhaps projected. Um, it's it's sad to see uh, a hockey endeavor fail in this country. I'm going to put that out immediately. That I think. Anyone that invests money in hockey, um, it's it's sad to to see that not succeed. And the 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 you know on, only the PHL will know the reasons um, you know what why uh, it, it didn't succeed. Um, I, I I think it's it's that you know that's a shame. Um, in in saying that, I I think there's uh, a lot of good came out from the PHL. Uh, I, I think we have a team in, in Brisbane and the Central Coast um, specifically because of the PHL. Um, and I think, you know, perhaps more of a, a, a player's voice is, is present in, in the AIHL now. So there's, there's some, some things which, which I think are, are certainly you know, a, a legacy uh, of, of the PHL. Yeah, um... I'm not going to read the full statement that they um, that they put out on social media, but I'll, I'll pick out uh, certain bits and pieces of it. Um, we'd like to begin this letter by saying thank you. Together, we changed the landscape of Australian ice hockey for the better. When we began with the idea for the inaugural season of the Pacific Hockey League, we were beyond excited at the prospect. The PHL is built on values we share as a management group. Player first mentality drove every decision we made. Uh, we still have the desire from our full group to continue in 2022 with the PHL. However, due to circumstances out of our control, including how selections were handled for the national team, we have determined the best course of action for the players is to not continue to compete in the PHL. We hope what PHL was able to build over the course of our season can be a beacon for what hockey could be in Australia. And hopefully more of our policies will continue to be adopted over time by the AIHL. To everyone who supported the PHL and our objectives to create a player-first focused league, thank you. We will continue to support the principles our league was based on. As I've picked the first paragraph and the last paragraph there because it kind of sums everything up as the full statement is available on their social media pages. Uh, it, it's an interesting read and I would highly uh, recommend going to check it out. I guess what's going to be the legacy of the Pacific Hockey League? As I mentioned, it was one and done. Like, they mention a lot of things that, you know, and the AIHL has taken some of that on board, um, become a little bit more player-focused. So I guess, I guess what's going to be the legacy of the Pacific Hockey League? Well, I, I think that depends on who you talk to. But I, I think um, for, for me and for most hockey fans, 
I, if if you're an AIHL fan, I think you're you are um, you owe uh, you know something to the PHL. Um, the PHL had some good ideas around broadcasting um, with the staggered schedule. They had uh, good ideas, um, you know, with with the team placements. It forced the AIHL to, to look at these areas that had largely been been ignored, um, and and. The you know game day experience. I, I think I think the PHL did did a, a a lot of good things. I think I think the the PHL uh, has given hockey and the AI a bit of a nudge, and I think that's a good thing. It's it's given them a bit of a wake up call um, uh, to to not take things for granted. Um, you, you just um, hockey fans want good product. Um, and they're going to be loyal to their team and things like that. But you, you, you still need to be on your game. And I think that's what the PHL has done. And I think um, in terms of like their marketing was phenomenal um, and their brand was phenomenal. And when I look at the AI, I think the AI in, in a lot of respects is lacking um, in, in their clubs are lacking in, in that regard um, from previous years. Uh, and then you have the the Nathan Walker Cup series, um, which was brilliant. The three game series, everybody loved it. Um, the production was really good. Uh, so the the legacy, and also, also obviously the, the players having a voice and things like that. Um, I think that's the legacy they're going to leave is is that they gave hockey in Australia a bit of a nudge to to wake up and say this is what it can be. This is how good it can be. And this is how we can market it um, to make it the best that it can be in in Australia. That's what I sort of feel as the legacy of the PHL. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I I think it's done a lot of good, even though it's really uh, a one and done league. Which, as I said, look, I I think I I really enjoyed the broadcast, and, and the only issues I ever had with the broadcast themselves were. Uh, were just rink related issues. There weren't anything to do with the production quality or anything like that. It was just the, it's just the fact of where things have to be set up at the particular rinks. Like then that's that's really my only um my only my only gripe with it. Other than that, I think there's a lot of good things that are going to come out of it, and I agree with the points that both of you uh both of you made. And uh, I guess uh, thanks to success to the PHL uh for everything you've done for ice hockey in this country. Just, I guess just, it, just, yep. When I when I talk about marketing and 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 brand, I, I think the PHL were and, and their clubs were thinking outside the box um, before the the league. Um, unfortunately, because I I feel in, as a fan is is more hockey's good hockey. So, but they thought outside the box. So before the league actually. Um, came to us demise. The Melbourne Ducks, and I don't know who did this or how it happened. They actually had one of their jerseys at Anaheim Ducks game, and the mascot was waving the jersey around the stadium in Anaheim, um, and that was put across their socials. So things like that is you don't know where that sort of brand awareness can take you. Someone, someone there could see that and go, "Who's this Melbourne Ducks?" Okay, and it could be an investor, could be. Overseas fans could be anyone buying merchandise. It's just thinking outside the box, and that's 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 when I talk about brand and marketing. That's the sort of sort of thing that I 
am trying to, to to get across is how how good and how strong their brand and marketing was. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's uh, thinking outside the box is usually a good thing when it comes to marketing because um, it's different and it stands out. Um, I guess just looking a little bit more at at the legacy, you know, we've got the Brisbane Lightning coming in uh, in the AHL next year. We've got the Central Coast Rhinos coming in. I know, I know both sides played exhibition games um, during the last season at various points, but they're coming in as full teams now. Um, Adelaide's going to be back, uh, so I guess. It, like, because obviously, like we talked about, it's going to be ten teams uh, in the AHL next season. You know, you have these six teams this year, four teams for the PHL. So, essentially, there's going to be the same level of player pools to choose from. I guess. Do I guess how do we expect the players coming back across to impact the AI next season? Well, I I think the the players um, will, will be welcome back. To, to the AIHL, um, and uh, I, I'd, I'd expect that. I'd be disappointed if, if they weren't. Um, I think Brisbane could could really field a strong team uh, next next year. They would be one to look out for. You know, coming into their first year in the comp uh, as an expansion team. Um, of course, you'll have Perth that's competing, and Perth didn't have a team in, in either of the leagues. Um, uh, I, I think I think it will be. Um, it, it will be good and, and also kind of eased by the fact that instead of teams being limited to just two imports, they'll they'll have the you know opportunity to perhaps attract a few more. Um, so uh, I, I, I don't think the talent pool will be um, as, uh, you know, diluted. I, I think uh, it, it's fair to say if, if you're a fan, uh, you, you, would, you would have noticed the kind of... Um, uh, the the drop in in level of play uh, just from from the you know lack of players to choose from um there was we were just talking about it before the podcast but there was the potential that um for example I, I was going to have to suit up in uh an ice dogs uniform uh and and go out on the bench uh, so that the the team didn't forfeit because they, they just couldn't find enough players uh so um you know it was a real missed opportunity, obviously, for, for the fans uh, then. But uh, fortunately, uh, we managed to scrape together other players. We got deprived of so many, so much meme content, honestly. Like, this just would have been fantastic. Uh, uh, like, like, obviously disappointing that you would have, like, the, the team was in such a position where you're having to suit up. But uh, the meme content that would have come out of it would have been absolutely hilarious, honestly. And... We'll forever, we'll forever rue the day that we've missed out. How many games do you need to play to qualify um, to be a good old cup champion? Because imagine that if you know Gordon is is etched on the trophy, you know, just just for suiting up, maybe not even getting ice time, but just suiting up, being on the sheet, you know. I, I think you have to take a shift. <laughs> Like we we would be having this battle in the courts right now. Um, I'd be I'd be pushing to get my name uh, uh, on that trophy. So uh, you know, um, missed opportunity all round. In t- in terms of the players, I agree with you, Gordon. Um, from what I understand, um, Jamie Woodman will has committed to Perth, so he's going back there. Um, um, that's what I've that's what I've been told. So I, I think. The players will be welcomed back. Um, obviously, they've got to go to tryouts and things like that. I know the Ice Dogs have put out expression of interest for 
Australian and New Zealand players. So um, I think I think there's not going to be any ill feeling to PHL because um, at the end of the day, hockey players just want to play hockey and um, anywhere they can play hockey. I've got no doubt that they'll be welcomed back into the Australian Ice Hockey League. And that seems like the perfect note to end that discussion on. Uh, Let's move on to our final topic of discussion for this episode, and that is the under-18 women's squad uh, uh, for the the national team as their world championships. Uh, I've got it here in front of me. Um, Division 2, Group A in uh, Dumfries, Great Britain. Uh, from the 21st to the 27th of January, 2023. Andrew's shaking his head. Why are you shaking your head? I'm shaking my head because I'm a Queen of the South football club supporter and they're based in Dumfries. And the rink there is right next to Palmerston Park where Queen of the South play. So if someone could pay for me to go over there for this, I would be grateful, forever grateful. I'll offer you a loan at 20% interest. How about that? <laughs> um, you know, so so it's gonna be uh so it's gonna be Great Britain, uh the Netherlands, Turkey, Mexico, and Latvia competing uh from the twenty-first to the twenty-seventh of January twenty twenty-three. Uh, I guess uh, we should go through the we should go through the squad list. Um so uh, we've got Elizabeth Marshall, Lucy York, Gabriella Arps, Lily Roberts, Phoebe Roberts, uh, Bella Maher, Anna Cryan, uh, Courtney Mahoney, who we've already talked about uh, on the episode already, uh, Katrina Rapchuk, uh, Georgia Watts, Nikita Agrezabal, and I've definitely butchered that, so my apologies to Nikita, um, Alana Holub, uh, Madison Smith, Amelia Knott, Amelia Grigalunas, uh, Natasha Dubé, uh, Johanna Meisner, Tara Baker, Molly Lukowiak, Sophie Rita, and Charlize Navatsis. Um, and the reserves are Samantha Payne and Serena Lawn. Now, it is noted here uh, that Georgia Watts um, has endured an injury and won't be traveling with the team, um, but the IHA wants to recognize her selection uh, and that she would have been a starting player and not on the reserves list. Um, we hope that Georgia recovers from her injury very, very quickly uh i guess uh for the two of you are there any surprises in that squad or has it seemed uh, pretty run-of-the-mill everyone is expected where they were supposed to be there i uh, i think for me it's it's um not not so much as surprise um at all um but there's you know there's plenty of players if you look at this list who have scored their first awihl goal this season so you know you, you've got ones like uh, hannah Cryan. Georgia Watts, I know she's she's not going over. Um, you've you've got Madison Smith in in goal for the for the Adelaide Rush, who's been doing a, a fantastic job this season. Who was the backup for so long for uh, Olivia Last because Olivia Last is just uh, an exceptional goaltender. Uh, but you know, uh, in talking to the coaches, Remy Remy Harvey and, and Tamara Jones. Um, as shortly after the last tournament, they said that Madison Smith was putting in work at the at the rink, um, you know, with that knowledge that she was going to be the goaltender for for this coming championship. So it, it'll be nice to see her take take the reins uh, as as the you know presumably the the starting goaltender. Now I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing um, Phoebe Roberts 
um, who's playing um, NC. Well, she's playing for it's for Notre Dame Hounds in the AAA um, over over in Canada. Um, had playoff experience and things like that there as well. So that's that's going to be um, quite exciting to see Phoebe. But just seeing that the you know players like Lucy York um, and as we mentioned earlier, Alana Holub and, and players like that. Um, it's it's going to be great to see them um, for the national team as well. Yeah, and, and to see them for a few years, like some of these players, like, you know, um, they're, they're 14, 15 years old. So they're eligible for, for three, uh, you know, three years or so. So we've we've got a pretty good opportunity to see them grow and develop. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at Natasha Dubé for that. Um, you know, she, she's only just turned 15 today at the time of recording, um, because we're recording on the 16th. Uh, so happy birthday, Natasha. Um you know, we've still got a, you know, there's a few years of hers. Uh, Hannah Cryan, 14. Like, these are players that are going to be part of this setup for a long time. And I think that, like, these players are only going to get stronger. They're only going to develop together and they'll be playing with each other. They'll be playing, they'll be playing, uh, they'll be playing with each other. They'll be playing against each other here in the A-Dub. And they're going to build that team cohesion and and whatnot at the national team level when they all come together and that might help the under 18 side you know get up the rankings a little bit you know earn promotion to higher divisions and you know the core of this squad if that stays the same that cohesion is only going to be a good thing um, and, and elizabeth marshall is actually playing with phoebe roberts too um so that's it they, they're gonna have you know, that you talk about that cohesion. They're, get, they're going to have that, um, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll have that coming into the camp. Yeah, that would be incredibly nice to see. The schedule, it's it's a little bit cramped. Um, so these are, these are going to be local time um, to where the tournament's being played. So you've got the 21st of January, it's 1 o'clock, 4.30, 8 o'clock. Then the 22nd, it's... One four thirty eight o'clock. Uh, then it's a day off. Then it's um the twenty fourth again. One four thirty eight o'clock. Um, another day off, and then twenty sixth and the twenty seventh. Like all times are one four thirty and eight o'clock local time. So two back to backs in there. Um, you know, and then a day off. Uh, in between the size of the um, uh, in between like either side of the middle game there. That's going to be incredibly tough on the players, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I think with these tournaments, um, you know, it, it is tough. But it, a lot of these players, like if, if you're playing, for example, in the Ginsburg or the the Kurt Freeze tournament, or you know, some of these other tournaments, you're you're playing six six games often in in three four days. So it it's not completely unprecedented you know they're, they're used to kind of that that load and in, in short spurts at like a state level when you factor in like you know a jet lag becomes you know an issue you know like you know fatigue um from from outside factors becomes an issue but it it's not it's not unprecedented or, or un, unexpected and i would i would assume that they'll they'll have the the right training yeah to, to withstand that, get loaded up and all that sort of stuff um, to know what they're going into as well. 
Yeah, and it it promises to be a good week of hockey nonetheless. And um, pending uh, pending availabilities of uh, streams for the games, and I'm sure we'll find that out about 20 minutes before puck drop, um, we'll have full coverage uh, over at theinnersanctum.com.au and here on the Net Sticks and Chill podcast. Um, not exactly friendly puck times, unfortunately, uh, when you... Uh, when you bring that back to Australian time, uh, their first game against Turkey is a midnight puck drop. Uh, and then you go to 3.30 puck drop, 3.30 puck drop, 3.30 puck drop. And then the the only one at a decent hour is a 7 a.m. puck drop. And when you're saying 7 a.m. is a decent hour, that's uh, that, that, that's certainly something. So well, when's... <laughs> Sorry, Gordon. <laughs> so when's the, when's the, uh, the Great Britain... Uh, so um, that will yeah. be so that's a, that's a seven a.m. puck drop on the I believe it's twenty eighth of January when you uh, change because it's twenty seventh at eight o'clock local time so yeah twenty eighth at um at seven a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time so that's that's it's not too bad uh, and especially um, hopefully we get some eyes on it because you got you know sort of the old rival Australia versus Great Britain maybe we can hit up some live sites. Dan Andrews can get Federation Square <laughs> happening on the big screen and get everyone down there at seven AM. I was uh, I was just going to say it's going to be an, an intriguing group. Um, after chatting with uh, you know Tamara Jones and Rami Harvey after the last tournament when they won bronze, um, and the only team that they lost to was Spain, who won the gold medal, and uh, you know they weren't were automatically ineligible to kind of get into that championship bracket because they finished second in that you know, initial group. But talking with Remy Harvey and Tamara Jones, I asked them if they had any kind of ill feelings about that. And and Tamara mentioned, you know, we, we feel that we're exactly where we need to be. This is a good group for us. So, you know, you, you look at some of the games that they play, you know, the talent with the Netherlands, uh, with Great Britain, with Latvia is impressive. So I, I think it's, um, it, it's, it's better for us to be in this group and you know, grinding out victories. I, I think we, we are really gonna have to gonna have to grind out some some wins rather than being in the division below where we're winning seven nil or the division above where we're losing, you know, six two. So I I think this is gonna be a really intriguing tournament. Yeah, I mean, well you look at the you look at the division above, um, you know, you've got I'm trying to work my flags out here. Uh, like you've got Spain, you've got Poland, um, you've got the Korea Republic, you've got Denmark. I believe that's the Russian Olympic Committee, and I believe you've got China as well. So it's, you, you know, that's an incredibly, um, you know, that would be an incredibly tough division to be in. So I think, yeah, you know, I, I think depending on how results play out, um, in terms of whatever the IIHF wants to do with promotion, relegation, that sort of thing. Like, it could come down to that final uh, final day in the game against Great Britain. Like, they, they impressed a lot last time. Um, you know, we, we beat, I believe, Australia beat the Netherlands in the bronze medal game. I'm, it's, it's been so long, I'm trying to trying to remember all this. Um, you know, like, like, that should create for some very exciting hockey over that over the course of that week. Yeah, and, and Latvia, that was the first time that we'd ever defeated Latvia in, in, in international competition when uh, we defeated them. And they had, I know it was their first tournament, but they had some uh, a, a, a good team and they had one player, Linda Rule, 
who, um, you know, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but she top scored in that tournament. She got something like 11 goals, um, just an incredible player. So, um, but, you know, Australia were, were able to, you know, limit her to, to the one goal and we won that game two to one. So I, I, th I think there's going to be some really good, some really good uh, games that are going to um, be good for this team over, over the next, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, over that, you know, week, week or so period. And, and given that, given that how long they're going to be together, this group, like some of them are going to be together for a while. It's probably, as you said, Gordon, it's probably a good spot to be because they're going to get competitive hockey and it's going to sort of show them, okay, this is the, this is where we want to be. This is where we want to stay. And this is, we're going to be together for a while. So let's, let's work hard and let's work together to stay in this spot or, you know, improve or where, where we're at already. So it's, it's probably, it's probably is a good spot to be in. It is indeed, and as I said, you can uh, stay tuned for coverage for that here on Netsticks and Chill, as well as the innersanctum.com.au. But that will do us for this week. I'll tell you what, that was an action-packed episode, wasn't it? Like, uh, that was a lot to cram into this episode. Yeah, no, we we did well. I feel I feel kind of awkward self congratulating ourselves, but yeah, we did an excellent <laughs> job there. Uh, it was a good pod, especially coming off a of FA Cup win. Um, just just riding the wave of Doncaster Rovers, unbelievable. <laughs> and we've George. come full circle for the second time. <laughs> uh, George Miller hat trick. George Miller hat trick. Uh, for those of you, uh, well, actually, none of you would be aware. We were talking pre-record. We we had to wait. Uh, we had to wait a few minutes for Gordon to join us because he was leading the Doncaster Rovers uh, to a fourth round FA Cup win in Football Manager. Um, so congratulations, Gordon. Well done. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, but that will do us for this week. Uh, remember, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, you can follow us on social media. Our Twitter and Instagram handles are exactly the same at netsticks underscore chill. Uh, you can find all of us on social media. Just look for the um, just look for the tags in the episode, um, in the episode's tweet. Um, you know, we we appreciate every single listener that we have. We, you know, uh, actually, before we go, Andrew, I believe you have a story to tell about running into a listener while you were up here in Sydney. Oh yeah, I actually. Uh... I travelled up on Sunday with my daughter to watch um, some A-League action um, at Campbelltown Stadium and we had a bit of time to kill to check in at the hotel. So I went down to, well, we found the local rink around the corner from where we are staying, uh, which I believe is around the corner from Gordon's place. Um, and we just went in there to, we actually planned to have a skate and they weren't skating till 10am, but they said they got some young kids who were, who were training upstairs. So we went and had a look upstairs, but we went down back down before we left and just had a look through the shop and had a chat to the lady behind the counter. Um, and I don't know her name, but um, she gave some great feedback that one, she actually listens to us. So that is blew my mind straight away that someone actually listens to, to us and <laughs> what we've got to say. Um, but they actually enjoy it too. So that, that made it even, even, even better that they actually listen and they enjoy it. But no, they said that, you know, it, they like what we do and, and um, promoting the sport and things like that, because, you know, we do it because we love it. Um, no other reason. And um, she was actually 
Yeah, she was she was pretty wrapped with um with the podcast and and us promoting the A Dub and things like that. So it was um yeah, it was a good conversation. So just yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, we, we absolutely appreciate all of our listeners. And if any of our listeners want to sponsor uh want to sponsor Andrew on a trip to Dumfries or they want to sponsor me uh to head over to the IIHF Women's Worlds in uh in Canada. Um I've had a look I had a look at those airfares today and honestly three and a half grand return it's uh, it's a tough slog honestly but like like uh, I would absolutely love to go but I guess I'll be stuck to watching on uh I guess I'll be stuck to watching on TV because unless 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 one of our lovely listeners wants to you know donate three and a half grand to, to get me over to Canada um actually to be fair I should probably give that three and a half grand to Gordon he, he he's probably due for a visit to his homeland uh, but that's that's been the podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we, we love every single one of you that listens. Um, please tell your friends about us so that we can continue to grow the podcast. Uh, we're going to take a few weeks off um, because over the Christmas, New Year's break. So we will be back uh, at some point in January uh, to break down all of the action and uh, and to do a little bit more of an in-depth preview into the under-18s uh, side because they will be getting closer to action uh, when we return. So thanks for listening. Uh, we wish all of you a safe holiday period, and we will talk to you in 2023.